folks welcome back to the wrestling with emotion show aka the wwe show i'm maniac joined by a couple of first timers here we got the mcadoo zoo to my left over here zach mcadoo has been giving you some insider tips on those nascar races now he's going to get into the squared circle and see if he can give some picks there and friend of the show friend of the train ryan talbot of you know holding everything down in central new york How's it going? Doing well, gentlemen. It has been a very interesting post-WrestleMania season, I guess you can call it, these first couple pay-per-views after. Uh, some saying momentum is with the roster. Some saying it's really only with certain superstars. Where are you guys at with WWE right now? Uh, let's kick it off with McAdoo. It's been, it's been hard to follow along with some of the things because, like, they go from having, lot, like, technically, I'll say live matches to going back and – well, the last week they had Money in the Bank matches and a karaoke. Like, what is that? Like, I try to stay along with it, but if you're going to do that type of stuff, I'm going to turn the channel, especially when there's other sports on. That's why they're superstars and not wrestlers, damn it. <laughs> Sal, but what do you think? I mean, yeah, that, there are a lot of people echoing uh, Zach's concerns. They're saying that, you know, it's kind of all over the place. There's really no fluidity to the storylines. A very common complaint with WWE over the past three to five years. Where do you fall on that? No, I agree with that. And it's hard right now because you have a lot of superstars that aren't partaking in, in the uh, in wrestling right now because of, of whatever reason. You know, big stars like Roman Reigns aren't there. Uh, and I know a lot of people have their own feelings about him. But when you, when you don't have your star power there, you have to kind of adjust on the fly. And, and it's helped them with uh, other angles. You know, like a guy like Apollo Crews who – has always looked like a million bucks, could always work in the ring, really can't talk, still really can't talk. That's his one thing against him. But this has allowed him to come into the spotlight a little bit. And it's allowed some other uh, wrestlers to get more time than they definitely would have had in the past. So, you know, there are some good things to this, but for the most part, I agree there have been some segments that have been really rough and, and hard to watch. No doubt about it. Well, hey, that's a part of WWE. That's like getting your Brussels sprouts with your steak. You know, you got to have your hard-to-watch segments so you can get your Baileys, your Nakamura's, your Monday Night Messiahs, if you're me. So going on to uh, this weekend, we got Extreme Rules. The, the horror show at Extreme Rules, I guess, is the uh, little tagline that they're working in there. Uh, I mean, Extreme Rules, what, it's been around for, I want to say, 10 to 15 years now. Uh, it started in the later part of the 2000s, I want to say. Um, any memorable moments from you guys from past Extreme Rules? Uh, you know, it's an interesting pay-per-view because with this card right now, like not every match has an Extreme Rules stipulation, and sometimes people get upset about that. They think that this pay-per-view, that should be happening. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts, and what are your guys' memories of Extreme Rules? There's two for me. The first one being the TLC match between Taker and Edge, I think at like 2008, I think it was, for the World Heavyweight title, where Taker left – Probably yep. just for vacation, but and then I forgot about this one until I think two days ago when WWE posted it when um Strowman threw Kevin Owens off the steel cage through uh the announce table. And I thought I thought like at the time like holy bleep, but No, that was a holy moment for sure. Owens has had some crazy moments like that. I'm thinking back to his Royal Rumble match against uh Kevin Owens. Was that like a last man standing match, I wanna say, for the intercontinental title or something a couple of years back but they had a crazy match to open the royal rumble and they both were going through tables and everything owens 
and obviously Ambrose back in that day. Now Moxley, no, no stranger to that. But what about you, Ryan? Any extreme moments, uh, memories, anything that you're fond of, anything that maybe you're not fond of? Well, it's funny. We actually just watched that card that had the Strowman KO match. My son wanted to watch the whole show, so we watched that. Uh, I think the first show ever had the CM Punk cash in, where he okay. cashed in. So I, I like that. Uh, there was a Batista Cena match that was early on there, too. That was a main event that was really good. I want to say it might have been Last Man Standing that kind of held up. And it was when they were both still, uh, I went, you know, in their prime. So that the, the crowd was pretty hot for that match. So they've definitely had their moments over the years with this card. No doubt about it. That CM Punk cash in. If I recall correctly, too, that was the first time where it was, besi well, besides uh, Edge at Unforgiven, where someone came in at, like, the end of a match, at the end of a pay-per-view. I think Hardy just had a big win over Edge. Edge got stuck in the ladder, right? I don't know if I remember. He got stuck in the ladder. Hardy has his triumphant moment. And then, yeah, the, that CM Punk music, man, when it hits. It's always a big moment for sure. My personal favorite, like I said, I'm a Seth Rollins guy. When he returned in 2016, it was all Reigns then. Everything was Reigns. He won the title. And just when you think you're getting ready for a big, you know, 26-minute Reigns promo to open up Raw the next night, Rollins attacks him from behind. I don't support attacking from behind, but when it's my guys, you know, you got to make uh, exceptions here and there. Let's get to the show card. The horror show at Extreme Rules 2020. This Wrestling with Emotion show brought to you by Posdy Electric. So let's start off. Speaking of our guys, uh, Ryan and I, as well as Ryan's insider, Owen, had uh, – the pleasure of meeting the new day at New Era. So very ironic, given all the news that's happened in the past uh, three to four months. But that was back in March. Feels like it was years ago. We have the new day, the current SmackDown Tag Team Champions, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro in a tables match. The course for this obviously laid when they had a no decision a couple of weeks ago. And the challengers, in this case, Nakamura and Cesaro, put the new day through a set of tables. So what do you think? Will it be a new day for Cesaro and Sheamus at Extreme Rules, or are we going to see uh, the new day retain? I have the new day retaining the titles here. I just think that they're they're still trying to find their way through some worthy challengers. Uh, Nakamura and Cesaro truly should be singles wrestlers, uh, but again, they're kind of just paired together right now for whatever reason. Uh, it just, you know, WWE's done that before, though, where they've mixed matched some guys. I know Cesaro and Shinsuke have been together for a while now. Uh, with Sami Zayn, but uh, I would prefer to keep it on on the true tag team until you can get a, a worthy feud to get those belts <laughs> off of them. Zach, what are your thoughts on that match? Yeah, this is one of the things I was reading about earlier. Like the WWE has not done their tag team division well for the past couple months here, and this is one of the things that, like Shinsuke and and um, I should, Cesaro. I should have known that, but. They're just, like you guys said, thrown together, just, it's going to be obviously new, a new day win. Cesaro is that fantasy baseball player who can play, like, first base, second base, shortstop, and outfield. Like, he's got, like, all those utilities. So, it's not surprising that they use him. And let's not forget, Cesaro, strongest man pound for pound in the WWE. They always love saying that one about him. The, the he deserves Swiss. better. He deserves better. I agree. I, I mean, let's not forget – uh, Raw after WrestleMania, it's basically one of the most treasured spots. It was only, uh, I want to say, four years ago when Shane McMahon returned. I think it was 2016, where Cesaro got the return pop at WrestleMania. He was the fourth guy in the fatal four-way. It was going to be for a WWE heavyweight championship shot. So the WWE knows that he's valued. Obviously, it's guys like him, Ziggler, 
they can obviously uh, keep around in big spots. Speaking of big spots, <laughs> speaking of storylines, uh, and by the way, I have New Day retaining as well. Speaking of big spots and WWE loving to shove storylines in people's faces, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in a bar fight. And we're not talking Chippewa. We're not talking Allen Street. We're not talking Hurdle. I mean, this has been some crazy buildup. Let's face it. I mean, whether it was, you know, just going back through WWE's history, I'm remembering, uh, you know, Chris Jericho and CM Punk, uh, numerous superstars at this point in Jeff Hardy. They love throwing these, like, abuse angles, like, in their face. And I guess, obviously, at some point, Jeff Hardy keeps signing up for it because he continuously is, like, in him. He's not leaving the company after these things happen. So the buildup to this one, Sheamus tried to frame him for DUI, which is, like, literally, like, one of the most extreme buildups I've ever heard of. So that's very fitting. And Jeff Hardy threw urine in his face, basically. So with that all known, what do you guys have happening here? I mean, Sheamus had a lot of momentum. He had a lot of vignettes on it and his comeback. And, he, and he's kind of, I mean, dare I say, gotten stale pretty quickly. Are they going to give him the win or are they going to give it to the always fan favorite Jeff Hardy? McAdoo, let's start with you on this one. <clears throat> yeah, which um, I, I, this is what I've been taking a look at what we talked about earlier, but like breaks between like SmackDown and whatnot. And this is actually one of the things I saw from the beginning. And, like, I don't, I don't know, like, because what was the last pay-per-view? Backlash. We, yeah. We all picked, I think we all picked Hardy. The three <coughs> of us that did the yes. article, and we were wrong, obviously. But, so, I don't, I want to say Hardy, Hardy gets the benefit here, to even the score, to let him go to SummerSlam. But after Backlash, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, hesitant to actually pick him there. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, Hardy probably what, like minus 200, minus 250, about a, a touchdown favorite, I'd say, in this match being the uh, face in such a ridiculous storyline. But Talba, how do you see this one uh, peeling out here? Yeah, WWE does this all the time where they have <clears throat> these angles where you think that someone should end up winning it and being victorious. Like in this case, Hardy should end up being able to defeat Sheamus and all of the demons and all that. But for whatever reason, the WWE likes to swerve them. So I'm going to go with Sheamus here. And also, poor Elias. Elias was in that angle where he gets hit by Sheamus, and they've, they've kind of, like, pushed him off to the side a little bit. But you're right. WWE has a history of this. Uh, they did it as far back as I can remember with Hawk from the Legion of Doom, where they had Draws okay. push him off the Titantron. So they, they do have a history mm-hmm. of taking these abuse angles uh, and having the wrestlers actually portray them. So uh, I'll go with Sheamus, I suppose, in a little bit of an upset. Not to sound ridiculous, but wasn't the one with Legion of Doom like he was actually acting like he was hammered out there? Like he was actually playing into it? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, let's let's put your superstars in a position to be successful and healthy, WWE. Moving on, we got uh, Apollo Crews versus MVP. So, I, I, by the way, I have Jeff Hardy winning and maybe a Sheamus beatdown after that match. I got to remember to put my picks in there, and I'll remember to do it this time. I'll kick off with Apollo Crews versus MVP. MVP, thank you for coming back. We know you're great on the mic. WWE can always use people who are great on the mic. It doesn't matter what age they are. That's why they bring back people who are great on the mic all the time. Apollo Crews loses this match. Any stock you've put into him from his build so far, from all the time you've put into him, completely gone. So basically, if you want to just torpedo whatever storyline you have going, sure, have MVP win. But if you want to keep building this Apollo Crews thing, which for the first time since his debut has momentum, Apollo Crews has to win this match and in a resounding way. What do you gents think? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna call my insider in on this one. Come All on. All right, in. let's get him in. O O T. We're going to O T. We're in the new day shirt. Okay. Uh, right. Who do you have Owen in that match? MVP or Apollo Cruz? Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz. And, and I agree with that. And like you said, all that momentum for Cruz, I think what happens is MVP loses. He goes back to that managerial role. And maybe it's Lashley that ends up taking the title down the road from uh, Apollo Cruz. But like you said, right now, don't take that momentum away from a young superstar uh, like Cruz. Let him continue his reign for the time being. Oh, and while we have you, I know your time is valuable here. Who's your least favorite wrestler on the current roster? Uh, who do you hate the most of all the way whose music do you hear and you're just like oh no brock lesnar oh brock lesnar oh look at that look at that not a company man brock lesnar and owen knows it mcadoo who do you got in cruise mvp cruise all day how mvp even earned this is beyond me has mvp even won a match since he's returned I, seriously. I don't believe so. And I got to say, listen, I love WWE and I'm still a WWE guy. But when I look at AEW and I see the singles and tag team rankings with the records, everything's a lot more transparent and seems to be in a more fair, you know, equivocal universe over there. So something that definitely WWE could take a page out of. I don't say that's saying to put up records or anything like that, but just come on, give me like, you know, gradual build of these superstars. Of course, MVP playing the heel role. So he gets the quick, uh, title shot no doubt about it so let's flip things up so we got some of the main event matches coming up which one do you want to start with owen do we want to start with oscar versus sasha or bailey versus nikki cross bailey versus nikki cross love it so we got the people's role model bailey let's just say there's no i mean i don't think there's a hotter act in the wwe right now guys uh, quick thoughts on uh, bailey and sasha and what they've been able to do across all three shows yeah, they've been some of the MVPs of the, of the WWE right now. You know, kind of like what Charlotte was doing when she was on all three shows. Uh, but Bailey and Sasha are very entertaining on the mic. Yeah, I, I've actually really enjoyed this uh, this current um, Bailey heel run here with with two belts going on, with the calling Undertaker her personal friend. A lot of the, a lot of the things she's gotten a lot better on the microphone, uh, and, and she's definitely adjusted into that heel role because at first there, it was a little awkward, but now I think she's really uh, adjusted to it, and I've really enjoyed it. And Sasha's just a star. Yep. McAdoo, thoughts on the uh, on the two best friends making waves? Yeah, when when Bailey first debuted this, I was like, okay, let's see where this goes, and then it, it just downhill ever when it started. But now that she's back with Sasha, it seems like they've worked on something and it's worked for me at least. Sasha has definitely fueled the Bailey train. When she came out as an issue on, it was a little out of place just because it was so not what we were used to seeing. But yeah, when you put Sasha next to her, it just made a little bit more sense. She had her best friend. And this storyline, by the way, it's all, let's face it. If you've ever seen WWE before, it's only a matter of time before these two are going to have to go head to head. You see constant shots where Sasha's holding Bailey's title and things like that. Little weird uh, signals. But let's start with Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Owen, I'm going to kick it to you. I mean, I miss Nikki's crazy entrances a little bit. I think she's toned it down since she's become friends with Nikki, uh, since with Alexa Bliss. But do you think Nikki Cross can upset Bailey at Extreme Rules? Uh, we got to say, okay, so let me hear the Talbots go Here. back and forth on that one. Let me, right, let me hear. Why do you think Nikki Cross can win? Mm. 
What, what do you like about Nikki Cross? Why do you think she can win? Come on. She's a lot of craziness. A lot of craziness in the ring. So she's, she's going to be unorthodox. Okay. Exactly. And so, to be honest, that, that's like one of the strongest things you can be in WWE is unorthodox. Right. And I do love her gimmick. I love, you know, recent SmackDown where she took the belt and she was like shaking outside of the ring with it. And uh, even that Alexa Bliss thing has worked out really well with, with their relationship there to get her on the main show. But no. You got to keep that on, on Bailey until you have that feud with Sasha Banks. I don't know how long they're going to drag it out for, but, uh, you know, definitely Bailey in this instance. Okay, McAdoo, who you got? Bailey, Nikki Cross. You know, with me, when we first started tar- typing out the new article that we're working on, I thought that either they were both going to win the titles or they would neither of them would have the titles coming out of Extreme Rules. But now after, like, this little conversation here that we're having, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think that Bailey's going to – Bailey will retain here and somewhere down the line, maybe SummerSlam, probably because it's one of the big four, you'll see them face off. You know, sometimes when you get these, you know, these big ideas kind of fall in WWE's lap. A couple of years ago, it was Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. They were just going to do a one-off at Survivor Series. Next thing you know, it's a best of three leading to WrestleMania. I could see with the way that Bailey and Sasha has developed, instead of just doing the basic turn eventually that – I could see them having them both lose on Extreme Rules and then getting them back at SummerSlam or getting them back at a later pay-per-view only to then go through that cycle at Royal Rumble and into WrestleMania season. So I don't know how that looks at it, but with that said, I do have to take Bailey, who's probably about a two-touchdown favorite in this match. Uh, I think that she just has so much momentum. It really just doesn't make sense to take the belts off her. Uh, maybe they'll have some kind of match next week where they lose like the tag titles or something, but I just do not see Bailey win this match. I'm sorry, OT. I hate to go against you on that one, but let's go to the next one. Oh my gosh. What just happened to McAdoo? All right. OT. Owen Talbot. We got the insider. We paid him the big money. So we need some big picks. Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Who do we got there? Asuka. Okay, so Sasha Banks is not ready for Asuka, is what you're saying. Turn the Asuka lock to win it then, or? Okay. Okay, I think that's a good pick, Ryan, before you get into it. I mean, I think that Asuka, just like Bailey, is on a rocket of momentum. Won the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Um, it just, like, again, I, and again, like, sometimes WWE did swerves. It doesn't do what makes sense, but it just does not make sense to take the belt off such a hot superstar when Sasha Bailey already control three of the women's belts, just playing it in that angle. No, I, I agree with that. It, you know, I've actually gone back and forth on this match a little bit because I would like to see them carrying all the belts and then just to see their, their personas even go up to another level of arrogance. But when you look at the, the title scene over on Raw, it's mostly, it feels like at least the people that they're pushing are, are the heels. So you had Natty with Lana, who's, you know, I've never – she hasn't been over really with the crowd in a long time, but that's something. You just brought back Shayna Baszler, who's not going to be a face anytime soon. So I think you need to keep the belt on Asuka, but I wouldn't be shocked if the WWE did end up uh, giving uh, Sasha Banks uh, the run here and then maybe having them, like you said, slowly build toward that feud, maybe have them someone uh, kind of like the HBK Diesel at Survivor Series where one of them's holding a wrestler up and the one moves and gets hit with a shot. And then that leads to their ultimate breakup down the road. And then you have that. <clears throat> but uh, for now, I'm going with Asuka. McAdoo. 
hopefully I don't get cut off this time. But yeah, I think it's gonna be Oscar. There's as far as setting up matches on the road, I I thought it was gonna be Charlotte before too long, but now that they brought up Shayna Baszler, I who's gonna it's gonna be a um I don't know what I'm going here for. It's gonna be one of them before too long here. Okay, yeah, I mean there are definitely some fringe people. It's funny because you hear these rumors. Up, uh, Vince isn't a fan of Shayna Baszler. He was saying the same thing about the original bro, and then the next thing we know, he's coming on SmackDown and beating AJ Styles in his first match. So it goes to show you how much those backstage politics, you can't really put 100% stock in them, even if there are, you know, fans of truth to them. So we're moving up the card here. We got, ooh, this is a big one, an eye for an eye match. Both these superstars actually have an eye in their name. It's the ultimate irony. We got Seth Rollins. The Monday Night Messiah versus literally, I mean, a fan favorite of spanning three decades now, Rey Mysterio. Um, I mean, this is an awesome thing is that WWE, just like UFC, in my opinion, shout out Matt Perino and and, uh, Ryan Thomas, can build big feuds because now you have Rollins, who's a superstar, and obviously Mysterio's established entity. No belt necessary. Obviously, they're taking it to the uh, next level with the eye for an eye angle. You got Dominic, who's probably going to be in it somehow. But it'll be very interesting to see how this ultimately turns out. McAdoo, let's start with you on this one. How do you see Rollins-Mysterio, this eye-for-an-eye match, breaking down at Extreme Rules? It's tough because, like, how do they – how does this go? Because if you – they said that the way to win the match is you have to rip your opponent's eyeball out, which – Wrestling is real. That's all I'm saying. Like, you guys are all doubting it. Uh, you have Perino out there telling me UFC MMA is better. Sorry, buddy. I don't see any eye for eyes at uh, UFC on Fight Island. But, like, if they're going to come back, like, how – you're going to have, like, one guy like this the whole time? Like, eye patch! Eye patch! <laughs> I guess. But, uh, honestly, I got to go with my guy, Seth Rollins. McAdoo, it's 2020. You're, you're not going to put it past them to have someone wear an eye patch for six weeks and then – get some kind of ocular surgery where they get, like, an eye put in. It worked for Thor in Infinity War. I guess you're right. It's sports entertainment, I mean, so. I mean, I mean, let's face it. The Rock threw Stone Cold off a building one time, and he, and he was okay. Or, or Stone Cold threw The Rock off a building. One of the two. And it was okay, so. And Vince McMahon's limo blew up. Don't forget. Don't forget. He escaped. He escaped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he escaped. <laughs> All right. OT and RT on the bottom here. Give me your picks for the Monday Night Messiah Seth Rollins against Ray Mysterio. 619, way too fine. Um, I would go for Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio, do you think Dominic gets involved? How do you think Ray Mysterio? I think Ray, that would be a little bit of an upset for Ray Mysterio. How is he gonna pull that one off? Dominic gonna help him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, I, 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 do- I do love how his initial reaction was like. <laughs> he knows he's an underdog yeah for sure yeah. i love it though i'm going with seth rollins with dominic turning on Rey mysterio and kind of joining them uh that little cult group of his because he's going to be a wrestler sooner rather than later i think he's been doing training here for a little while uh mysterio's kind of getting toward the end of his tenure here in wrestling so a, a kind of a good little angle to get uh dominic involved in the wwe so Dominic turns on dad, joins Seth Rollins' little group there. All right. Oh, and don't get any ideas from that storyline, okay there, mister? <laughs> we are going on. Let's uh, let's go to the more decisive of the two. Uh, I'd, I'd call them co-main events here on the Extreme Rules card. 
course, Wrestling with Emotion here brought to you by Posse Electric. So going into these main events, we have McIntyre versus Ziggler. I mean, we've never seen a story like this before. Former friends, former allies turned bitter nemesis. I, I, I mean, I, it's a crazy to see this creativity from WWE, but what can happen here? Because what I think tends to happen in these type of matches where it's so predictable is WWE wants to kind of like show you, like showed you, you know? So, like, is Ziggler going to get, like, a headshot or something, attack him while he's walking down the ramp or something to get that early lead? I feel like something's going to happen to where this match, WWE is going to do everything in their power to convince you that Ziggler can win this match when ultimately I think McIntyre is basically a minus 2,000 favorite, like probably about a Alabama versus a Georgia State. What do you guys think on that one? You have. Um. Drew McIntyre. Yeah, okay. I, I have McIntyre too. And, and you're right. The one thing WWE still does pretty well is build up wrestlers to make you think that maybe, just maybe, they can pull off an upset. I remember when The Fiend was as hot as can be and they had them fight Daniel Bryan and no one in their right mind thought Daniel Bryan was going to win that match. But then you actually started watching. He's hitting the, the, the yes kicks and he's hitting the flying knee and all of a sudden the crowd was really into it thinking maybe he can actually win this belt. When, again, really, there wasn't a shot for it. So, They'll do something to give Ziggler an early chance, like you said, attack him coming down the ramp, whatever the case may be. But no, uh, it would be the shock of all shocks to see uh, Ziggler defeat McIntyre. McAdoo, who you got? McIntyre. And to your point, like I, there was another another match that came to my head when you started talking about that. It was like Finn Balor versus Lesnar. I absolutely hate Lesnar. Like I'm with Owen there. So like, (laughs) Lesnar, he doesn't deserve the belt. I'll say, say that to his face. I don't care. And, like, Balor, like, the more he went out, I was like, holy crap, can he pull this off? But then again, unfortunately, uh, Lesnar got it off. But so I, I, it could happen here. We still don't even know what the stipulation here. It's to be decided still. And they're, what, two days away, and they're show, they don't have any more shows before the pay-per-view. Yeah, that, that's a little troublesome. WWE basically filling out their Scantron as they're walking into class right now. So that tells me, and that tells me. Now, with that said, I think that you guys would actually potentially agree on this point. WWE tends to do their best work when they're filling out the Scantron walking to class. Like, when someone has to drop out of an event at the last second, you know, they turn it to AJ Styles, Finn Balor. Like, you know, like, like things like that. They, they're able to, they have a lot of pieces at their disposal, and yeah, I mean, maybe they even have a, a couple returns up their belt that they could uh, pull off for this match. Because let's face it, this is going to be a WWE Championship match. Odds are there's going to be some storyline coming out of it more than McIntyre Ziggler, in my opinion. But yes, I have McIntyre retaining in about a 10 to 15 minute match. I don't think you want McIntyre to look overwhelmed. He was getting f 5 like two months ago and kicking out at what? Like what's Ziggler going to do? Hit him with like five super kicks? Like it just can't happen. So yeah, there, there have to be some kind of angle to get that going. And we're rewinding it down here. Final match tonight most likely will be the main event, uh, I think, barring the, uh, McIntyre Ziggler in this spot. We have the Wyatt-Swamp match. So Bray Wyatt is back to being Bray Wyatt, which is something I guess you have to say in WWE TV. Uh, we got Bray Wyatt against Braun Strowman. It's kind of like a homecoming match of sorts. And, yeah, it's big enough to where WWE feels like they don't have to put the belt on the line. So you can kind of sneak ahead and look at what might be happening. Like, are there any other real contenders on SmackDown for the universal title besides AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan right now? Be kind of hard-pressed to argue. So 
Could this be leading to something big down the line at SummerSlam? Let me get your guys' thoughts. Let's start with McAdoo. Wyatt Swamp Match, Strowman, Wyatt, what do you see happening? Uh, and basically thoughts. I don't know what's going to happen. What, what is a Swamp Match? I mean, that's the best. That's, like, the, that's the only feeling you can ask for as a WWE fan. I don't you, know what's going to happen. If you watch the, watch the Taker thing, um, I forget which one it was, in which part it was, but they were like, they were all, all the writers were on the table like, what the hell is a graveyard match? And so, like, I don't even think the writers know yet. Well, they should know because it's probably going to be a tape match, like graveyard match was. It, it is, it is going to be a cinematic match confirmed. So that's yeah. going to be a pre-record. So, I mean, I think that's good for WWE. I think that WWE is being smart that. And I also think that Vince McMahon couldn't wait to do another cinematic match after WrestleMania. The writers had to be like, no, we can't do one at the very next pay-per-view. Not the one after that. Okay, now we can do one. Well, the um... – Money in the Bank was a cinematic match, too. Oh, yeah, sorry. For your point. So. Correct, correct. But I think – and the – what was it? One of my favorites there. Gargano and Gar- Champa. they were both – that was a cinematic match. Granted, it was for an hour because they had to fill NXT time, so I, I'll give it a pass. But they're going way, going to the well way too many times with the cinematic matches, in my opinion. But um, I'm going to go Strowman here because I don't see Bray Wyatt – I don't see Bray Wyatt being the fiend here, so. Owen, what do you think? Braun Strowman. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Braun Strowman as well. And I, I agree with McAdoo there. I think what's going to happen is you have Strowman win again, and then that leads to one more match between them. But this time it's The Fiend versus Braun Strowman. When it's The Fiend, it's a different story. We've seen how he's kind of an invincible to a lot of pain. So minus spears from really old wrestlers. Um, so, yeah, I, I have Strowman winning this one. Seriously, minus Spears from very old wrestlers who don't wrestle at all. The Fiend is basically an unstoppable force. I, you took the words right out of my mouth, Ryan. I think that we're going to get a, you know, a silly ending, whatever you want to call it, some kind of crazy ending where Strowman wins, but ultimately, like, vanquishing Bray Wyatt was what leads to the reemergence of The Fiend, the Firefly Funhouse, and everything like that. I think that when you beat Bray Wyatt, it does it, it unleashes the fiend. I think that's kind of like a storyline that they're they're beating they're uh, <clears throat> leading us down there. But that's it, folks. That is our the horror show at Extreme Rules 2020 preview show here on Wrestling with Emotion. I want to shout out McAdoo, our guy, our insider, and special guest Ryan Talbot, and super special guest of honor Owen Talbot. Thank you very much for joining us, gentlemen. Thank you. Stay tuned for trainrocksports.com. We'll have all the picks up there as well as future input on wrestling events across the board. And you know, when we're looking for wrestling, doesn't matter whether it's UFC, wrestling, I think it's all about three words. Good fights now.